0: 18
1: plus. Welcome to the Manchester United weekly podcast and Much cited United. Today we're joined by Barney Chilton, editor of Red News, United's longest running fanzine, and Daniel Harris, writer for The Guardian and of many books. Enjoy. I've forgotten
2: that the pitch was made in this ludicrous circular fashion. If I ever see Phil Neville, I'm buying him a pint for that. And the goalie, God's sake, if you look at that again, he just... Sit. It was a classic Moyes collapse. That. So then afterwards, we had one of the great drinks on Merseyside. Oh, well, Eagles is dead. Manchester United are
1: dead. It's April 28th, and on this day in 2007, you might have guessed it from those clips. Manchester United came from behind to beat Everton 4-2 on Merseyside. Goodison Park was filled by celebrations that signaled something much more than just a great match. This is a
3: celebration. Let's go all. Oh the hallmarks of we've won the title I'm telling you that is not a celebration that suggests this is just a normal three points
1: United came into this game off the back of a great European night at Old Trafford 3-2 against Stacey Milan Wayne Rooney scoring in the last minute we did an episode on that last week it was fun so check it out after this one if you fancy but riding the wave of that brilliant night United came down to Merseyside with a title challenge still very much in progress against Chelsea This match and the month of April 2007 had everything. United hadn't won the title since 2003. Mourinho and Wenger had beaten Ferguson for the last few years. Some were questioning whether Fergie could still do it.
4: You had the glazed thing where Fergie had used up a lot of his credit in the eyes of a lot of Reds and all of his credit in the eyes of other Reds. And at that time, he also was starting to look like maybe he was finished. Because you had... He'd had those, the terrible signings while he was, uh, that you might call his testimonial, where he was just spunking money on players who weren't good enough and pocketing elements of money also, according to Michael Crick's programme. Uh, and I think it was called The Boss. So yeah, it was called Fergie and Son. And meanwhile, Mourinho turned up. And what Mourinho, Mourinho's biggest contribution to English football, I think, was with that first Chelsea team. Because what he did was he absolutely annihilated the notion that you could you could win the league by playing well from January. And I remember one of the leagues in the early eighties, um, Liverpool I think were tenth on New Year's Day, maybe eighty three. Anyway, they were tenth on New Year's Day or something, and I think eleven points off. And they won the league. And Fergie used to say, Oh, we don't get going until after Christmas, like taking half the year off with some sort of lovable quirk of his team. And Mourinho absolutely blew that out of the water. Mourinho had basically established the idea that in order to win a league, you have to win every week. And we didn't know that that was something Fergie was capable of or something that this team were capable of because we hadn't seen it.
1: And so the tension of four years without a title was very much there. There hadn't been a Champions League semi-final since 2002, but a 7-1 win against Roma in early April would set up the AC Milan semi. And then United had come from behind to win that first leg. But there was more. This was a Saturday 12.45pm kickoff. A win and there'd be hours of drinking left to do. Hours to get back to Manchester or wherever. The perfect time to watch a football match. And the sun was out. And to add to all of this, Mourinho's Chelsea, United's rivals for the title, were playing at exactly the same time, Saturday 12.45 against Bolton. This was a really great United team. Some people forget. The 2007 side were three wins, only three wins, away from a treble. They lost in the cup final and the Champions League semi-final a bit more defensive strength in depth and acumen, which Carlos Kiro's and a few injuries brought
2: the next year, and that United side would have won the treble. But I sometimes think we didn't really truly appreciate how good we were for that period until it was way, way too late. I mean, that's lucky enough to have seen United's glory years from the start, and I think that 2007-8 side is right up there, if not the best of the lot, really. And I think Rooney and Ronaldo carried us, you know, if, you were in, if we were in the shit, it was Rooney and Ronaldo.
1: But as for this game, United still had injuries that they'd had for the Milan game. And with the second leg coming up at the San Siro midweek, Fergie didn't want to take more
2: risks. That Everton game, it wasn't a particularly great side that we put out there, really, if you think about it.
4: Yeah, right. Ronaldo didn't play in that one, did he? And then you've got Evera, Hines, Brown and O'Shea with your back four.
1: Chelsea were in a similar situation, having also been in the Champions League semi-finals against Liverpool. And it was a great time to be a United fan, not just the success, but the sheer number of games. Not the dreary run of games around Christmas when it's cold and wet, but the brilliant nature of April, where semifinals and crucial games are crammed in to the best footballing month in the year. Not May, not August, April.
4: When you have all those games like that, it's one, it's, I mean, as, a, when, as talking as supporters, it's just, there's nothing better than when you basically, your life is punctuated, bouncing from, game of football that you can't wait to watch a game of football that you can't wait to watch uh, day out with your mates like again and again and again and again and those months are just, when you hear about the players being tired you kind of think excuse me like you, you're not losing you've got absolutely no idea you're not waking up with a hangover and having to think about doing it all again and definitely not hardest on you though
1: but 15 minutes in Alan Stubbs of all people put Everton in front
4: Stubbs,
3: Michael Carrick's on the ground, 11 just wonder if it's his deflection. It's the crucial one on the way past the goalkeeper. You are right about the power, Mr. Tyler, it's all there to see, he just throws it straight at goal. Oh, as Michael Carrick's left foot comes out, and is a deflection enough? We've got a good look at it here. Oh, just takes it above the goalkeeper, yeah, it was He's it. already committed to the dive, it goes up the way. But it's crucial, it's important for Everton and it's costly for Manchester United. It didn't change the line
4: of the shot, it changed the height of the shot.
1: Six minutes later, Bolton scored at Stamford Bridge. Lubermore Mishalek had scored on his first premiership start for the Wanderers. Both United and Chelsea were behind. But Chelsea were level within three minutes through Salomon Kalou, whereas United couldn't find an equaliser. And then Chelsea went in front before half time, rescuing their scenario, while United continued to trail. The second came from a Yussi Eskaline, and on goal. As things stood for half time, Chelsea had gained some valuable ground on United, who looked out of sorts. And then ten minutes into the second half, it all changed. Bolton equalised through Kevin Davies at the bridge, that was two two, but United went two goals down themselves. And
3: What an absolute screamer. Takes it lovely. And that shift of the ball is key. Because he shifts it away from Brown. Watch this. And he gets his yards. And I'll tell you what. You know, you normally blame goalkeepers, don't you? If you get beaten near post. But I tell you, unless you stood on that post, that's a tough one to save. It's top corner. It's posty stamp.
2: It's like- when they went 2-0 up, there was just that desolation. And the United fans do, you know, we do annoyance to another level, like, oh, that's it, I've had, fucking had enough of this team. You think we would still be two points clear, or, you know, whatever the permutation at the end of the day, we would have still been in the race. But we dramatically, you know, that's it, the league's gone.
4: When you think about United, like the great comebacks and goals behind, they usually feature,
2: like, serious goals, but actually... Everton handed United two goals. We got back into the game through a goalie error.
3: Put this corner in. Well, Turner's dropped it. And it's cost a goal. Well, 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 would you believe it? Would you believe it? Bread and butter. Ian Turner takes these hundreds at a time at training. Without batting an eyelid. But he takes his eye off it. Lack of concentration, that's all it can be. Because he's under no pressure whatsoever. Well, and John O'Shea, who came up with a big goal at Anfield a couple of months ago. And there's the signal. Go on, Ronnie. You're needed some. Well, he is the away goals, man. Ian
1: had only started for Everton because Tim Howard, on loan at Goodison from United, wasn't allowed to play against his parent club. That's something which is normal these days, but then it was seen as United being incredibly stubborn about it. Phil
2: Neville, of course, didn't mean the, the own goal. It's over him. Ronaldo!
3: And it's in by Phil Neville in the end. Would you believe it? What is happening there? First, the goalkeeper drops one, and then Phil Neville, of all people, has a hand, and somehow the ball finding a way in. But Ronaldo again has made his presence count. Watch this towering jump at the back post. A little bit of movement from up he gets he thinks he scored but then as it drops down to Phil Neville he's wrong-footed he would want to clear this with his left he doesn't he ends up swinging with his right foot at it and jabbing at it and all he can do is just knock it into the net what a turnaround! two extraordinary goals Phil Neville scores for Manchester United
2: in the colours of Everton
1: With Chelsea still being held at Stamford Bridge, United had drawn level, and from there, things seemed just inevitable.
2: There's no better side than Fergie's to think you're coming back into it, and there was just no nerves. The two were, we're going to do this.
3: When
2: when you see someone take the
4: ball down like Rooney did there, there's this movement that you see people in the crowd do with the hands, where they're kind of like moving their hands close together, holding the person next to them, where (laughs) everyone knows that there's about to be an opportunity to score and you feel like the person might score but you're not sure if they're gonna score and then the absolute explosion when the goal comes
3: head to rooney wayne rooney scores they do lead three two it's a magnificent comeback however the goals have been created they've not been classics but manchester united have scored three times in quick succession Seemingly facing defeat and now looking for today. a crucial victory. Shocking ball from Everton. Absolutely shocking. What he's doing rolling across his own 18 yard line, I have no idea. And you just knew this was coming. You knew it. He's been getting stick all day long. It hasn't been his day. He's let a couple of things get away from him. But just when his team needed it most, just when he needed to trust his ability, he pops up with this lovely finish. Absolutely super to drag it away from him, but this time he has control of the ball exactly where he wants it, and the rest is a formality for the young man. Everything
4: is slowed down, and you're doing the hand and you're
2: grabbing your mates, and then it goes goes absolutely wild. It's the touch as well. He takes to have that that's, that's what settles the great strikers to have the ability to know, don't just whack it, take the touch. You know, he was fantastic, he was absolutely the player of the era who summed it up you know I know Ronnie went on the 40 goal seasons and he's the best single player I've seen but Rooney just dug in dug in in his celebration and the way Eagles. he took it the composer with
3: Eagles tries to steer it in and he's done that just to emphasise what a day this has been for Manchester United well maybe this just has to be five minutes into the second half of this match you could not have believed
0: that we would be looking at that scoreline but we are, it's a brilliant run a lovely
3: join, it almost falls over there Chris Eagles got a little excited but he settled himself beautifully and he just got enough composure there just there as he stumbles you think, oh chance is gone but no, don't you believe it it's an absolutely lovely finish from a young man super goal and game over well, where Eagles is dead, Manchester United have dead, And they've done it the Alec Ferguson way. We always make it hard for ourselves. They've made it hard today by going 2-0 down. And disregarding the news from Stamford Bridge, that was...
4: Potential disaster. The Chris Eagles' goal for just rubbing it in. I'd actually well, I'd forgotten that Kieran Richardson even played for United, but he was, he was involved in a sub that day, which just goes to show how, how, how serious the injuries were. If you think ultimately of the best league titles, the ones that have been most enjoyable, if you ask me of my lifetime, the ones that are most enjoyable, it's uh, 93, 99, 03, and 07, and 13. The thing that those have in common is that United had lost the title the year before. They didn't win it the year before. And they, um, those are always the best ones when you haven't won it the year before. And going to Chelsea and singing, we've got our title back and Chinat Mourinho and all of that stuff is, I mean, that was, yeah, it's ideal.
1: Eagles' goal was late, late on. Chelsea's game had already finished and they'd drawn <laughs> 2-2 with Bolton. Yeah,
3: that might just, uh, Chelsea finished 2-2. I think Sam, the message is clear.
1: Asked if he'd be giving Bolton boss Sam Allardyce a call, Fergie said, I'll be giving him a hug and a kiss. In fact, he can have a hug and two kisses. United were going five points clear ahead of a tricky run of games, including the Manchester derby and a trip to Stamford Bridge. But by the time they got to the bridge, United were being given a guard of honour from their title rivals.
4: One of Fergie's great piss takes: when United were in champions and then went to Chelsea and he picked that team and John Terry had to stand there clapping Don and Chris Eagles and Kieran Lee onto the pitch, which was another one that one of the most belted United away ends of my my time watching United was was that day and, um, that that Chelsea day
1: at full time. It was the defining moment of the season. This was United's moment where the title had effectively been won, and at Goodison Park of all places.
2: We had one of the great drinks on Merseyside we fucking lapped it up and i can remember being it could have gone either way you know you're in a pub at the back of lime street and thankfully until that day we were a lot of students yeah. and we just had a fucking pub we got the last train back we were just that so that stands out the whole day the memories about it brilliant the
4: really third goal was one of one of the great goons i would say and one of the, one of the great moments of that
2: decade. I've seen United have wins there, but there's only two days that we've taken the piss, really, as fans <laughs> outside. You know, not 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 about the trouble, but just when we won the league, got presented with the league at Goodison. I mean, United fans, really. <laughs> we were a bit <laughs> lucky all day to not come a cropper, but we took the piss. We were going to enjoy it. And then the 4-2, it's a day that lives. We are very, very lucky and we forget that. And I think this period, this bizarre, surreal Sad experience we're all going through. I think it, it's it, the one positive that that's come into my life is going looking through old United clips and watching lots, and you just think, "Yeah, this is we are lucky." You know, there's something magical, but also it's survived tragedy. You know, our lowest moments are never as low as people predict, and the highs have, have been right up there with any other experience than any in my life you know yeah. and, and to sell, and to have it with mates you know i could i could tell you now this is sad, where we were in the pub yeah <laughs> and i can and I could, there were people wobbling out at various stages because we all had different trains going to different places <laughs> and it was like i don't know just one of those days where everything came together really
1: That's it for this episode of Much Sighted United. This was a fun one to do, and what Barney says is right. If there's one good thing about this period, it's how great he realise some moments have been, and hopefully when things are back to normal, we'll all have a much greater appreciation of the good times when they're happening. It may be nostalgia, but there's nothing really wrong with that. Sometimes in football, fans are criticised for always looking to the past, and there is something in that. You shouldn't always be focused on the past, but at the moment, it's right to look back, remember, reminisce, enjoy. Thanks for listening, and a great deal of thanks to Daniel Harris and Barney Chilton, our guests. As you'll know, Barney is the editor of Red News, the oldest Manchester United fanzine there is. It recently celebrated its 33rd anniversary, and just like United, we stand. It's a crucial part of the fabric of Manchester United. If you want to support it, Barney started a subscription campaign for its 33rd birthday ahead of next season, whenever that is. And you can find all the details of that on his Twitter at Barney Red News. Thanks for listening, as always. Stay safe. Bye for now. Oh yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, let us know. This is a new format, so we need to know if people are actually enjoying it. And if you are enjoying it, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to say so if you can. It really does help us. Or send a message on Twitter. Cheers. See you soon.